When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I hope that you had a great Victory Monday, our first of the season, and that the early parts of your week have gone well. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm excited to begin our Week 3 preview as it's time to meet Washington. To help us meet the team, I sat down with Mitch Tischler, who is the Operations Manager at NBC Sports Washington and also a co-host of their podcast. I hope that you are excited to learn more about Jay Gruden, Case Keenum, rookie wideout Terry McLaurin, and the story behind Washington's defensive struggles. Mitch gives us the lowdown on all of those and more. So let's meet Washington. Mitch, I want to thank you for joining me today. Our listeners, I know they're eager to learn more about Washington as we prepare for week three. I'm glad to have you on. Thank you again for taking some time out to talk about that team. Absolutely. I want to begin by your take on head coach Jay Gruden. It appears that he's being outcoached so far this season. Washington, they're getting outscored mightily in the second half of games. I think it's like 42 to 21. Uh, that's the second worst mark in the NFL. And of course, uh, there are other concerns as well. So how is Jay Gruden being perceived in Washington? And what's the overall perception of his ability to lead the team this season? There are definitely a lot of frustrations around the city about uh, the halftime adjustments. The team uh, came out and was up uh, 20, 17 nothing and 20 to 7 on the Eagles uh, in the first half uh, in week one and came out and just got boat raced in the second half. The same thing happened against Dallas. They weren't able to get any stops. Uh, Dallas scored on five consecutive possessions. Um, there's some frustrations about the coaching staff, but. Uh, most of the most of those troubles on defense are being attributed to defensive coordinator Greg Minuski. Um Offensively, Case Keenum has looked better than uh, anyone expected him to look this year. The issues have been along the offensive line and in the running game, and 
Uh, that's something that obviously the Bears excel at. So I don't know that this week is going to be the week that they're going to get back on track. Well, actually, I wanted to kind of dive in a little bit about that running game because it does appear to be in some serious trouble, only averaging about 38 yards per game on the ground. Of course, Darius Geis, he's out with a knee. Is that the only issue, or is there more behind the rushing woes? You did mention the offensive line as well, not playing up to you know expectations. Yeah, Darius Geis uh, tore up his knee for the second consecutive year. Uh, last year as a rookie, he did it in the first preseason game. He tore his ACL against the Patriots uh, against the Eagles in week one this year. He hurt his meniscus and is uh, going to miss a better part of, of two months or so. Uh, There's a lot of hope and expectation that Geis was going to be able to step in and be that number one back, be that feature running back the Redskins haven't had in years. But with that injury, the, the, they had the foresight, the Redskins had the foresight to keep around uh, future Hall of Famer Adrian Peterson, who ran for 1,000 yards last year and was able to kind of put the offense on his back last season. And there was some hope that he was going to be able to do that again this year. The Eagles and Cowboys both have pretty good defenses, so maybe that's a little bit of an excuse for the running game, but it just hasn't been there. There haven't been holes. There have been more penalties along the offensive line, especially on the right side of the line, which is the more veteran side of the uh, Redskins offensive line. And Adrian Peterson was inactive in week one because of guys because of guys expectations week two was his first uh was his first full week this season so i guess we'll see if if, if maybe he can bring back some of that magic and uh and uh bust out a hundred yard game against a defense that's obviously very 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 good yeah what are your thoughts on a guy like peterson i thought he ran pretty well you know against dallas especially for an old guy you know He's one of those guys that he is, he's an old guy, but I would never call him an old guy. He's one of From your big bear hugs to the little notes you leave in your kids' lunches, it's already obvious you're an amazing mom. But there's one thing you can do to be even more amazing. Quit smoking. Because when you quit, not only does your risk of heart attack, stroke, and lung cancer decrease, your kid's risk of asthma, bronchitis, and ear infection does too. It's a win-win. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit quitlineiowa.org for a quit plan that's right for you. Quit for you. Quit for them. Brought to you by the Iowa Department of Public Health. One of the most in-shape players on the Redskins team. He's, it's incredible that he's able to keep his, his, his body in the, in, the, in the way that it is. He puts his head down and he gets behind his pads and he runs with power and uh, you know he has a little bit of surprising speed. Last year he broke a 90-yard touchdown run against the Eagles uh, later in the season. He had a 60-yarder against the Giants. When he's able to get out in the open, he's able to, he's able to get on his horse and run. He's he's a guy that that you hope can can get some magic and and find some holes behind behind this line. What should we expect of a guy like Chris Thompson out there in the backfield as well? It seems like so far this season he's been primarily used as a receiver and less of a you know a guy getting some of the handoffs. Yeah, he's had a bunch of injuries uh, the past few seasons, and so I think they're trying to limit uh, some of the inside carries for him, trying to limit some of those hits, so he's not he's not taking as much punishment. Uh, he's mostly the third down um, back, and he is mostly used in passing situations and long yardage situations. For a smaller back, he's a surprisingly good pass blocker, so they feel comfortable having him in on third downs. But for the most part, you're going to see him running uh, those screens and the, and the flats and, and stuff kind of out of the backfield. 
Now, Case Keenum, it looks like he's off to a nice start this season. When I'm looking at him, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. What's he doing well? Is he really as effective as the stats indicate? And I say this knowing that I'm sure that you have plenty of fans, you know, clamoring for Dwayne Haskins. Whenever there's a shiny new object, you're going to have fans clamoring for him. But Case Keenum is not the reason the Redskins are owing to to start this season. He's been one of the brightest spots uh, on this team. He's looked surprisingly good. One of the things that we knew about Case coming into the season was that he liked to take chances. He liked to throw those 50-50 balls and the deep balls. And that's something that the Redskins offense is not predicated on. It's more of a move the ball in chunks uh, type of offense, but he's done a great job of limiting turnovers, taking shots when they've had it. And Terry McLaurin, who's a rookie wide receiver from Ohio State, has stepped in and been able to get behind the defense twice in the first two weeks. And that's a connection that, that looks good for them. He's been he's been as good as anyone could have ever expected. Uh, Case Keaton to step in in his first year in the Redskins offense, and, and he's been running that running that thing well. Are you surprised by McLaurin's you know early production? You talked about it. He's had a few big plays so far to start off this season. I believe he's top five over the last twenty three years in receiving yards after the first two games of any wideouts career. That's a pretty impressive mark. But uh, what makes him so special in a way, and why would he potentially pose a threat to this Bears defense? It's it's not surprising because he is uh, he was starting on the outside when the Redskins decided to move on from Josh Doxson. You knew that it was because they had faith in Terry McLaurin. Uh, I was not under the impression that he had the speed quite as much as 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 he does uh, as a receiver. He's really he caught on with Jay's offense, uh, Jay Gruden's offense, very early. It's a very precise offense with precise footwork and. He caught on to it well and has done a great job of separating himself in the short and medium routes and has shown that surprising speed, the extra burst to get beyond the safeties on the deep balls. And it's something that, that we saw a little bit of in training camp, but it's hard to get a feel for how well that's going to translate when you play against another team and another team that scouted you. And honestly, he's been, he's been, a, he's been a welcome surprise, and, and it looks like this Redskins draft class, he might be the star of it. Absolutely. Uh, we already talked about a handful of the offense. Is there any other maybe X-factor type of guy or just X-factor in general on Washington's offense that we should kind of keep tabs on throughout the week? Yeah, I mean, the X-factor is always Jordan Reed. Uh, he got a concussion in the third preseason game and hasn't played in either of the first two weeks. Um, last week, uh, he practiced on Wednesday almost in full and then took a step back on Thursday and wasn't able to play against the Cowboys. If he's able to play, he's a difference maker on this offense. He's one of the most dynamic tight ends in the NFL when he's able to be on the field. The problem is he's not on the field very often. He's had foot and ankle injuries. He's had since his seventh concussion since he's come to the NFL. He's, he's a guy who he's always seems to be nicked up and banged up. But when he's on the field, he adds a different dimension to this offense. He's great in the, in the midterms, in the middle of the field. And he does a really good job of being a matchup nightmare against linebackers and uh, as and uh, and safety. So if Jordan's able to come back this week and he's able to play, I keep an eye out for him. He'll ease your guy. All right, Mitch, let's kind of turn the tables here and let's look at that Washington defense. And a big problem for it so far has been the pass rush or really the lack thereof. Uh, the defensive front, uh, they're failing to get to quarterbacks. They're only getting pressure on roughly 23% of all dropbacks after two weeks. Uh, so what's the story here? And was this expected or is this unit underperforming? I think it's a two-part issue. Uh, the, 
the biggest issue is Jonathan Allen, who was their first round pick uh, two seasons, three seasons ago, uh, hurt his knee in the first week against Eagles. Didn't play much of that game. Didn't play last week against Dallas. Uh, they've been calling in a, a knee sprain, and the expectation I think is that he'll play on Monday night, and he brings a different uh, level of player to that defensive line. Um, the other issue is just a little bit in the scheme. Uh, the Redskins don't do a lot of blitzing. They don't do a lot of stunts. They like to try and keep keep the offense, keep the, the opposing offense in front of them, and so they 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 rely on these guys up front to win the one on one battles. And with their best defensive linemen on the shelf the past two weeks, they haven't had a lot of wins there. So if John Allen comes back, partnered with Deron Payne, who's who's been quite good in the middle, Matt Ioannidis is the other end on the on the other side. Those three are are pretty solid when they can get out there together. Just uh, got to see them do it. Understood. Uh, let's look at the third down defense, though, because this is another area that kind of jumps out to me when I'm looking over at Washington. Uh, they're allowing teams to convert on about 64% of third downs. And I'm sure there's a lot behind it. I'm sure the lack of pass rush is part of the equation as well. But can you take a moment to explain why the defense is having such a hard time getting off the field? Because I'd honestly be interested in learning more. <laughs> this has been an issue in Washington for, for three years now. Uh, oh, wow. I had the answer... I might be calling defensive plays. <laughs> uh, they've had they've had some injuries um, in the secondary. Uh, Quinton Dunbar, who was their starting uh, corner opposite of Josh Norman, uh, didn't play last week. Their slack corner, Fabian Moreau, hurt his ankle in the preseason and hasn't been out there yet. They've been relying on a seventh-round uh, rookie in Jimmy Moreland uh, as their slot corner. And... There just seems to be a lot of miscommunications uh, along the back end. They brought in Landon, Redskins brought in Landon Collins this year, hoping that he was going to be able to shore up uh, safety and kind of the back the back end of this defense and help with all those communication issues, which we keep hearing about year after year after year. And for some reason, they can't seem to get it figured out. And honestly, I don't know what it is. I don't know that they know what it is. It's one of the, it's one of those things that. It's hard to fathom the number of times that they get teams in third and medium and third and long and cannot get off the field. And honestly, that's been the biggest reason that this team has not been able to win games consistently. Yeah, sounds like, you know, when you have a secondary in which you're playing primarily backups, I mean, I seen that here in Chicago a few years ago. I mean, it it usually doesn't add up to a recipe for success. So I definitely understand. What about Josh Norman? How's he playing? It's a name that usually strikes fear in me, but I haven't seen him doing, you know, all too well this season. Yep, you and uh, everyone else. He's uh he's struggled early. Um he's been beat twice in the first two games for 50 plus yard touchdowns. Uh, he's been not particularly good, I would say, uh, to start the year. It's funny because Josh is such an interesting guy. You know, he makes uh, headlines in the off season, you know, uh, going over to Spain and running with the bulls and jumping over them and all this. And he looks in fantastic shape in training camp and in the preseason. And then he step out on the field and he just doesn't quite pop and, I don't know if he's getting a little long in the tooth for this league or if the Redskins aren't using him correctly, but since he came over from Carolina, he, he's been an average quarter, I would say, and certainly not worth the money that they've paid him. And it seems to me that especially this year, teams are lining up, trying to line up their speedy receivers uh, in, in one-on-one matchups with Josh. And those speedy receivers have been winning quite regularly. 
taking notes as you speak. I appreciate that, Mitch. Uh, so <laughs> looking at the, the running defense, and again, I'm not surprising you with any of this. That, too, has been pretty horrendous. Uh, they're allowing 168 yards per game on the ground. Is their run defense really that bad, or were they just taking advantage of the talented backfields of Philly and Dallas? I think a little bit of both. Uh, in Philly, we really saw uh, they had five active defensive linemen. Two of them got hurt week one, John Allen being the base name of those, t- of, of those five. So they really just got worn down, worn down by the end of that game, and, and Philly really did a good job of keeping that defense on the field. And honestly, I would almost say the same thing in the Dallas, in the Dallas game. Uh, I think the, the Cowboys didn't punt in their last seven possessions. They had 10-plus play drives. You know that were you know five six minutes long. I think you just see this defense, especially the defensive line, getting run down by just the amount of time that they have to spend on the field. And I think it's a little bit of a big circle to look at. But when the when the running game, when when Adrian Peterson is able to get the ball moving on offense, and that offensive line isn't able to get any push, you see short possessions for the Redskins offense and short breaks for the defense and mm-hmm. they get stuck in these, in these cycles where they're just on the field for, you know, 10 out of 12 minutes or 12 out of 15 minutes at a quarter. And, and that just breaks, that just breaks down those big guys. Absolutely. Uh, real quickly, your perspective, I'm interested to know what you believe are the biggest challenges that the bears present Washington this week. Honestly, their defense, the Redskins uh, offense, Passing offense has been solid, but I'm concerned about how much the Bears are going to be able to get to the quarterback. The offensive line has not been a strong a strong point, and obviously with Trent Williams uh, still sitting out um, to this point, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to improve much between now and between now and Monday night. So for me, I think the biggest concern is just how the Redskins are going to handle that that Bears defense. How they're going to handle uh, the ed, uh, your linebackers, Colaback and company coming off the edges, and uh, and keep Case Keenum upright in the passing game. Yeah, and it's always fun to learn, you know, perspective from opposing, uh, you know, guests on the show here. Uh, so you talked about the Bears' strengths that may worry you. Let's do the flip side of that. What do you perceive as the Bears' biggest weakness heading into this game? The Redskins' defense has been their biggest uh, weakness, but. From our perspective, it, it seems like a get-right week. You hope that the Bears' offense continues to struggle as it has. I think one touchdown in two games. Mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky hasn't hasn't looked great, so it's one of those it's one of those games where if you're the Redskins' defense and you know that you played two pretty dynamic, high-flying offenses weeks one and two, you have a little bit of a of a get-right game where hopefully they can get after the quarterback a little bit and 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 make Mitch move his feet and and throw off balance and, and turn the ball over as, as it seems he's, as it seems he does uh, from time to time. So I think, uh, you know, that's what, that's what the Redskins are certainly going to, going to rest on there, going to rest on and, and hope that, that John Allen comes back and he and Deron Payne and, and Ryan Kerrigan on the outside are able to, to get after the quarterback a little bit. Well, you talked about Mitch. I'm curious. Do you have an opinion on him? It seems like in Chicago over the last two weeks, we're starting to get you know some split opinions here throughout our fan base. So I'd be curious if you had one. You know, I was in Philadelphia uh, when he got drafted, and uh, and I made the joke then that he was the second best Mitch in that room. But uh, <laughs> I think as you as you as I as I've seen him 
I've seen other quarterbacks from that draft class mature and become, you know, mid-tier, upper-tier quarterbacks. I haven't seen the same thing from Mitch Trubisky. And I don't know if some of his limitations are are the Bears' offense, per se, um, and kind of the way, that, the way that they use him. But to me, I haven't seen him take that next step and, and become, you know, take, put his you know, flag in the ground and take that starting quarterback job and, and claim it as his and, and, and not let there be any questions about, about whether he's the guy or not. Yeah, no, that's all very fair. Uh, getting back to Washington, again, you're the expert on this team. Uh, is there anything else that you think our listeners would kind of benefit from learning more about? We did a pretty decent job of going through both the offense and defense, but again, is there anything that I may have missed uh, preparing for the show that you kind of have on the forefront of your mind? I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, I think um, I think there are a couple, you know, uh, lesser known players that have been kind of popping on the Redskins defense a little bit, and it's it's hard to use the word popping because the defense has been as porous as it's been. Right. But uh, fifth round rookie Cole Holcomb uh, started uh, got the start at middle linebacker uh, in week one, and he leads the team in tackles or second on the team in tackles, um, and he's 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 a really fast. Uh, middle linebacker. He does a great job covering tight ends in the pass game. And he's, he's a guy who kind of has a nose for the football. He seems to always be around it. And uh, he's a guy that, that kind of, I don't know that teams uh, know yet or, or prepare for yet because there are some bigger names on that defense and the Josh Normans and Landon Collins and, and Jonathan Allen's and so, you know, and so, but he's a guy that I definitely would uh, keep an eye on um, and see what uh, 55 does out there on, uh, on Monday night under the bright lights. All right, last question for you. It's a two-parter. It's how I end every Meet the Opponent episode. And the first part of the question is, why will Washington win their first game of the season on Monday? Why will Washington win? I think because the if, between the two weaknesses of teams, I think the Bears' offense is weaker than the Redskins' defense. And so I think the Redskins' defense can can win this game. I think they can create turnovers. I think they can get out to the quarterback and give their offense plus uh, starting position. And I don't think by any means this is going to be the most exciting Monday night football game any, any of us have ever seen, but I think it's a game that the Redskins can, can eke out and can, uh, and can, uh, and can get on the, get on the, get on the win side. All right. Let's flip it. What's going to take for Washington to lose? Probably that defense again, (laughs) (laughs) they go out and make Mitch Trubisky look like, Zach Prescott or Carson Wentz or any of the other, uh, you know, upper tier quarterbacks that the Redskins have, have made look like superstars over the years, then that's a game that, that, that they can't win. I, by no means, so I think the Redskins are going to go out and score 28, 30 points against this defense. So if the Redskins defense can't, can't slow down, can't slow down that Bears offense, that's, that's going to be troublesome. All right. Well, Mitch, I really do, again, appreciate the time that you took to teach us more about this Washington football team. Uh, Have a great rest of your week, and good luck on Monday. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Well, that'll do it, Bears fans. I hope that you enjoyed Mitch's insight about our Week 3 opponent. Up next is our weekly preview episode, as Nick and I will take things a step further to prepare for Monday night. But until then, bear down, Chicago.
How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.